We don't talk about brew. No, no, no. Except for the next three minutes. That, that's all we're going to talk about, actually. It's classic Disney, isn't it? It's, it's classic Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, just like the lyric, the building pressure is building. You already geeked on me way too much right there. We're a lot, we're a lot like 15 seconds in. Come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do think it's there's a lot of poetry behind uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's lyricism, uh, and en- Encanto is just another classic case of where he's just too clever for me to like it. I like the film. I'm just saying. Usually, right? So disclaimer: when it comes to Disney, apart from like. Those that are part of my childhood, I, I I haven't really enjoyed that many Disney films, and I'm going to say the most controversial thing in the entire world. I hated Frozen. I I did. I hated it. I think it, you're allowed. It, I think it tried to execute every kind of trope that made other Disney films successful, and I think it tried way too hard. Personally, that's me. Please yeah. don't unsubscribe. Don't hate. Don't <laughs> send any bad mail. But this film. Encanto, I, I honestly really enjoyed it. Um, it's got its flaws. It's not perfect. But there's a few um, narratives that definitely um, hit home. And it's it's a very... <laughs> it's relatable. I, I hate using that word now because that comes with a lot of baggage. <laughs> relatable. <laughs> but to be fair, it is relatable. I mean, th- let's talk about the first thing. The family dynamics in general. Yeah. That is 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 great. It's realistic. The family of trying to crack on, do a good thing, but you ended up just kind of being really bitter towards each other. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the there's tension. a lot of that sense. I suppose that they they do things for each other begrudgingly, but no yes. one ever lets on. So there's right. a lot like that. That was. I mean, I I didn't like Encanto. I'll say that right now. Um, so we might have some spicy wow. debate around this. Who knows? Do we Who knows? The, f- the first wow. crossover collab where we don't both have the same monolithic opinion. Who would have thought? Gonna, it's going to um, turn into a BBC radio debate, isn't it? <laughs> so you're saying? So you're saying that all Disney movies are Nazi propaganda? Is that what you're saying, Brandon? Um, nah, it's not going to get that spicy. This time, um, but no, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't like it so much. But one thing I did really appreciate about the film was this idea of, you know, what's brimming under the surface. That right. you know how things appear is not necessarily what they are. And while I think it was done in a bit of an oversimplified way, it is a kids' movie. I think if right. if the whole film is about as complex a topic as intergenerational trauma and things that families hide from each other and family secrets and you know what Mm. actually keeps a family together like when you're looking at something as complex as that then it makes sense that if you're doing it for kids you know you want to make it as clear as possible even if it means using really dumb lyrics that tell and don't show uh and Yes, I know they were also written in Spanish, so I'm holding out hope that the Spanish version is a little more poetic than the English version, but I, I'm i not convinced. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not confident that that's the case. Fair. 
So, um, before we reach the five-minute mark, we're at four minutes, and I'll quickly <laughs> explain the plot to those who haven't seen it yet. Let's oh, be honest, yeah. you probably have seen it yet, because you'll have been forced to by the cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> but, um, yeah, let, let's imagine for a minute that you haven't seen Encanto. Encanto is a film about a protagonist who I had to just quickly remember her name, uh, Mirabella, I believe, Mirabelle. or Mirabelle. Mirabelle. Mirabelle, I think. Um she is in a special family that all have these unique powers that are given to them by the house that they live in. Uh, their, their abuela, their grandmother, um, was a refugee from a war that isn't explained in the movie. And I remember having a chat with a friend about it and he explained which war it was. And I forgot which war it was because the film did not make it apparent that that's what war it was. Right. But anyway... They're a refugee family. This house appears magically out of nowhere, right when the abuela is at her most vulnerable. Uh, she's a single mother with uh, like kids to look after, and this house appears and provides them everything that they need to become a prosperous household. They end up helping the village and doing all the things that the village needs, and a whole community builds up around it. Mirabelle is important to the plot because she doesn't actually get a gift. She's the only one in the family who doesn't, and she's effectively grappling with her own self-worth as a result. And she slowly realizes that her gift is the greatest of all, which is the gift of healing intergenerational trauma and being able to poke her nose in everyone's business where they don't want her poking her nose, and she manages to unravel every issue with the family in sequence and initially that causes the magic of the house to fall apart and their powers to go away but uh like with every disney movie that doesn't have a serious moral message they get the return to status quo at the end everyone gets their powers back they all learn that they all learn not to depend on their powers but then they get their powers back so it's kind of you know it, it was a it was a long trip back to the start but this time they're a bit more grateful for each other than they were before I'll, right. I'll give it that at least. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's... See, I, I totally get the frustration with that. But... <laughs> see, I don't I don't want to read the gospel entirely on top of this, but I've got a pull from it. It's, it's what I know best. So if you look <laughs> at the story of Job, how he lost everything, but yeah. out of God's grace, I know it's a slightly... It's a different story and a different message, but, like, bear with, right? So God, in his mercy and his grace, isn't obliged to give um, the things back to Job. But because of his mercy and his love, he gives it freely anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I feel there's a slight essence of that in terms of like, look, I'm sure you guys can absolutely cope without them. But since this house is sentient... (laughs) Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, like, I just think sure. it's a bit of a meme that they get back the same powers that they lost, you know? Right. So like that's the, the thing. I, I I'm sorry, I can't remember their names because they're all one dimensional characters. However, Fair. strong one is like, ugh, I have to carry everyone's problems all the time. Right. So she's dealing with this fact that the building pressure is building. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lynn masterful lyrics as always um so because of the building pressure which is building she can't take it anymore no man is an island you know she needs someone to help her 
Mm. Um, and so she deals with that. She realizes that actually just because she's strong doesn't mean she has to deal with everyone's problems all of the time. And maybe there are other people who can share the burden with her. Mm-hmm. So she gets her strength back. It's like, uh, and then right, and then right. the um, pretty girl whose entire <laughs> characterization is that she is graceful is right. like, I don't want to be graceful anymore. I want to make things that are quirky and reflect my true identity. And I like things that aren't symmetrical. And then she gets her powers back as well. It's like, it's kind of... A re- yeah, find- return to status quo. I right. felt was a bit disingenuous, but I totally understand your point that, like, you know, I, I suppose the narrative I wanted them to go for is this kind of, which I suppose might inform the bulk of our discussion going forward. This almost cessationist idea that, like, mm-hmm. maybe they didn't need the gifts anymore in order to do what they were kind of called to do as a family, you know. Mm. And towards the end, there's this really beautiful image of the community coming to help them rebuild their house. And it's an ordinary house. I loved that. That, like, they rebuild the house to be ordinary, but it's special because everyone's helped each other out. And the community finally appreciates the Madrigals for what they are. Like, oh, you know, these people have helped us out for all these years. Maybe it's time we gave something back, you know? There's that idea of do unto others as you'd have them do unto you and you know repaying mm-hmm. kindness and all of that all those wholesome feelings and yeah, yeah I, I i felt I that would feel good enough you know that they'd come to a point where they were okay with the fact that they didn't have right these gifts anymore because they had each other and that and was I more think, important but i know. think because <laughs> of the context that it's disney it, it felt a bit cheap going back to that like you said that status quo thing of look this is what we had before where yeah i feel it would have been a much nicer message to be like, actually, let's be content with what we have here. Because, I mean, it feels like their their point is like the person is the value, not necessarily the gifts. You know, I feel that was that was Mirabelle's point. So, yeah, I I see what you're saying within. I think within the scope of how Disney films are formed in general, I think it probably would have been perhaps a more fitting ending to really hammer home the point that actually Mirabelle's gift is the greatest in terms of reconciling mm. the family because yeah. the the people, the family, and if we're stepping outside of this story, the church kind of thing, it, yeah. It's, yeah. we recognize the value of, of people and communities and it's it's a phenomenal um, thing to have. So, yeah, I, I, it's funny. I think we both see both points of view and there, there's, there's pros and cons to, to both in a way. I, I will add as like an addendum to that point that I think the the ending I proposed would probably be the one that would be used if it was a Pixar film, because Pixar yes. is a lot more about like dealing with things when they don't go your way, or what right. happens after the glory days are over, that kind of theme. Whereas, yeah. obviously, Disney has always been more about wish fulfillment and achieving your dreams and, like, optimism and stuff like that yeah yeah and it's not to say that it's as clear-cut as like pixar is pessimistic and disney is optimistic but i think disney has that kind of idea of as i say like fixating on achieving your dreams whereas pixar is a lot more like pragmatic i suppose in like well yeah you've achieved your dreams now what you know where is Mm. your worth as a human is it in the things that you did is it in Mm. the things that you have or is it in the person that you've become and the connections that you've made along the way? 
Uh, and again, not right. to say that any one approach is necessarily better. I react a lot better to Pixar, I think, as a result of its kind of yeah. realism in that sense. Yeah, me too. Um, but, and you I'm, know, yeah. obviously there's room for both. That's why there is both. For sure. Exactly. That's it. They, I think, like you said, they, they, they tackle the same kind of um, idea, but it just they execute it differently. And uh, yeah, as you said, their Pixar is a bit more grounded in that. Um, to kind of uh, comment and expand on that idea of uh, cessationism. So um, for, the, for those who don't know, cessationism, it, it's a very um, dense theological <laughs> um, discussion. Basically, and it ties in briefly to the ideas of Encanto, but obviously we're not going to fully read it on top of it because that's that's not how why in yeah, they great, didn't but... write it in like ah yes we are cessationist <laughs> constricting christians and uh, we wanted to reflect that through this latin american musical box right but it's, we are exploring the the theme of gifts and this is very yeah. much about gifts so cessationism is basically saying that the gifts that are given by the holy spirit they were. You've got strong cessationists, which believe that um, once the time of the apostles were over and they had the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, once they died, those gifts um, ceased from existing for the rest of the church. That's like bog standards, kind of more extreme cessationism. Continuationism. You might want to grab a pad and pen for this part. Plot <laughs> them on an axis. <laughs> on the, on the left-hand side, you've got cessationism. On as far as the east is from the west side, you've got continuationism. Yeah. And they do and, not mix. <laughs> right, yeah. And that's... <laughs> continuationism is... It does what it says on a tin. It basically means that we still have the gifts of the Spirit today. And people kind of... It depends on the context and how you're applying it. People kind of sit in the middle. Some people sit more towards one side than the other. I am just going to say I'm a continuationist, but I feel that a lot of gifts are heavily misused and uh, misrepresented today, Mm -hmm. which is technically you could call me a biblical continuationist, but a a very extreme charismatic cessationist. But that's like a very, very (laughs) deep context and a bit bit extreme to kind of throw on an encanto. But I just thought I'd put it out there. So guess what? You know that now. Congratulations. You took (laughs) crossover seminary class. (laughs) Hey, yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, it is an interesting one because obviously – Nowadays, there are more and more people claiming to be doing things through the Holy Spirit, and I think it's harder and harder to verify whether Mm -hmm. it is the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that warn us about, you know, miscrediting things to the Holy Spirit or not crediting things to the Holy Spirit when it is the working of the Holy Spirit. Um, And, you know, just, just like, you know, in Encanto, the whole point is about valuing the people behind the gifts. I think mm-hmm. it's more important for us as Christians that we value the gift giver more than the gifts as well. That's the point. Uh, so the the important thing is recognizing, of course, the Holy Spirit's work and what right. he's doing rather than necessarily our our works, what we strive to do. Right. Um, I, I, yeah. I think one one thing I have, I have noticed perhaps a little cynically 
is that any time some kind of exemplary action or perceived exemplary action occurs within church, it is it, it, like I think people rush to this idea that it must be anointing. Um, that mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that that person was perceptive, but that they were given a word of knowledge. You know, it's like, I, I think sometimes we may underestimate, you know, when the Holy Spirit is actually needed, um, sure. especially when you look at in Acts as a, as a major example, like the yeah. stuff that the apostles got up to. They they needed God with them in the field every day, you know. But yeah. now that we've got the church well established, um, I, I think that's now that's probably the biggest pull to cessationism as a mm-hmm. concept. Is like how how necessary is it that the Holy Spirit has to do these massive things? It's not to say that he doesn't or that he can't or that he won't mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's just to bring that question into it. I suppose that actually. Has the house, if we're using the Encanto analogy, like has the house served its purpose? Was it there to get the family out of, uh, like, out of war into refuge to build them up, and then now that they've got their kind of prosperity, don't read the word prosperity as prosperity gospel. I'm just meaning material success yeah, yeah. or whatever. They're, they're okay now. They're well off. They're not running for their lives. They're back on their own feet. You know maybe now the house isn't needed anymore. And those are just two different ways of looking at the story, of course. So, um, but that, It's an interesting point you pull on because um, oh, I'm not going to sound as academic because I don't have the verse in my head, but there is this idea about us having the gifts in the last days, which is the time of obviously the apostles down up the church until Christ comes again. And Jesus talks about the idea of like heaven and earth will pass away and essentially even the gifts would pass away before yeah. his word ever does. Well, it's Paul, isn't it? He says, where yes. there are tongues, they will cease. Um, yes, exactly. Um, so I think I'm combining two verses here, but the, the point still stands in this theme of like the gifts, they're specifically for the church, they're to bring the, the people together. The gifts are for community. That's specifically yeah. Yeah, what yeah. they're for in order to glorify God. Once Jesus comes again and we are all in God's presence and glorify him, we we don't need those gifts. And it's very much that same thing of they'll have served their purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where you could be like, in in some way, biblically, you have to be a future cessationist. (laughs) <laughs> technically because you're like well they are going to seize yeah. eventually but for, yeah. because it's, it's a certain purpose um and so you yeah i think if we're taking that kind of idea of well if we look at the biblical narrative we know that once there is full reconciliation then there's no reason for the gifts to stick around and i suppose you can look at it the same way again i'm probably guilty of reading this on top of encanto too much but humor <laughs> me um, but yeah. that idea of like, look, the gifts have done their purpose. Mirabelle's fulfilled that through the prophecy <laughs> of, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of of everyone coming together, valuing each other as a genuine family. I, so technically, I mean, even that one element of of there being a prophecy that everyone thinks means one thing, but actually means right. another. That they all think it's about the doom of their gifts. And they're focused on that, whereas it's actually about healing the family and healing the divide. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, 
just to uh, commandeer the the next minute or two, I suppose. Um, let's not talk about Bruno. Um, so, you know, another another famous story in the Bible, of course, is that of the the prodigal son. Oh, um, God. we've mentioned the oh, theme of yeah. reconciliation before. Um, yeah. That, of course, uh, Mirabelle is like this kind of mediator, I suppose, for the family. She she's an empath. She understands people, so right. you know she's able to look past the external stuff and get more into what is actually you know up with the family. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess part of that what I wanted to mention with the Bruno character that we are going to talk about. Uh, jokes on you. Um, First rule of Bruno Club <laughs> is we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> and the second no, rule of Bruno no, Club no. is. We do not talk, talk about Bruno Club. About Bruno. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think this idea that, uh, yeah, like a family exiling one of its own, and exile—I mean, that's a huge theme in the Bible, of course. This idea, like we've been cut off from God. Israel was cut off from God, even though it was once like prosperous in the past. Um, and so on and so forth, you know, individual characters throughout the Bible discovering that they have failed and they're now cut off, you know. But yeah. of course, the story of the Bible isn't about the Brunos that all have to live with the rats <laughs> in in the walls, you know. It's actually right. about this prodigal son that, you know, is still invested in his family. He still wants to mm. be there at the meal times. He wants to sit at his father's table, so to speak. Oh, and that so, seems so precious with that little table right next oh, to the Oh, yeah. Yeah. I oh. mean, this is the thing, right? When I let my guard down a bit, the film did speak to me on an emotional level. I wasn't just being mm. there cold-hearted the whole time. <laughs> I just didn't like it overall. That's all. It's not that, you know, I was sat there, like, scrooging my way through it or anything. <laughs> just sat there with your legs crossed and, like, no, a notepad and pen. No, this is not making me feel emotions. <laughs> no. I refuse Let's to let get it. cynical. Cynical. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, right. But, but yeah, I suppose what was so great about that character arc is that actually there is someone in the family who, and not to read, again, not to read Jesus into it uh, where he's not there in, in the film, but, you know, loose parallels of having a mediator that comes into the exile's life and gives them that path of restoration, brings them mm. back into the the family household. I, I want to say father's household. I know it's like Abuela's household, but you know, yeah. we're going for the kind of biblical thing here, I right. suppose. It's what um, we do. That, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that plea from Jesus in revelation as well. It's like whoever, who I stand at the door and knock, whoever lets me in, you know, I will come and eat with him and him with me. Like that is yeah. the picture of, of restoration of reconciliation is that we mm-hmm. get to sit at the father's table. We get to share that family time with him. So I, I think any story like this that touches on familial bonds and the importance of like an unconditional love and mm-hmm. being able to look past our own pride to then restore those broken bonds um, is always going to resonate with people. I think it's no accident that uh, this was, current year popular film you know right that's it it was beautiful man it's it's great this idea of um of reconciliation as you said there and i think we we went in with this idea of cessationism more about gifts but i think it it, that's what it, it boils down to is 
how everyone is reconciled through this. And it's it's just the idea of the family coming back together and them seeing Bruno as like a a really bad person and then the fact that he's yeah. brought back into the fold yeah. and and the communities together. It's it's a very touching story, you know, and you kinda gotta look at look at it through childlike eyes and be like, you know what? It's yeah, sweet. Is it yeah. perfect? Nah. Do I agree with the ending? I don't. I, after this conversation, I don't know. I have more <laughs> questions than answers. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's Who it's knows? it's nice. Who knows, Bruno? So if you uh, like what we've we've said right here, head on over to our Instagram at crossover collab. That's right. The discussion doesn't stop here. It continues right in the comments. See you there.